Thank you for tuning into the Chapel Valley Church podcast. Today, we wanted to share a special teaching from Pastor Jeremiah Jenin. We hope this message encourages you and builds a deeper level of faith in you. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this message. We are excited for God's word to us because um, we are in a series that we just recently recently began called God's Best. Everybody say God's Best. God's Best. You know, when we talk about the new year, we talk about, you know, resolutions or goals or things that we want to see happen in our lives. But as believers, how many of you know there are promises that God has made available to us and there's a calling and a plan and a purpose that he has for each of our lives and we want to see that plan come to pass. Amen. And so when we're talking about God's best, we're talking about keys and ways that we can position ourselves to receive from God and really see this be a year unlike any other. How many of you know when in our walk with God, it should get better and better and better? Amen. Doesn't, doesn't scripture say that, that he takes us from faith to faith, from glory to glory? Amen. And so we want to continue to follow him to continue to grow in our relationship with him and to do the things that he's called us to do. But sometimes we get sidetracked, isn't that right? We get off track, we, we kind of lose our focus, we lose sight of who is the one that brings the best in our lives and how do we get there. And so maybe you've heard the expression before, everything is negotiable. Anybody heard that? Everything is negotiable. But how many of you know that if you are a believer in Jesus and we follow Jesus and want to receive God's best in our lives, that can't be true. That we really do need to have something called non-negotiables. And that's the title of the message today is non-negotiables. What are the things in life that God has asked us to do? What are the things that God maybe has specifically asked you to do? in order to grow in your walk with him, to maybe grow in your marriage, to see increase or promotion in your career? What is it that God has asked of you? What are the non-negotiables? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. And we're going to be talking about these non-negotiables. But in order for us to receive God's best, how many of you know every blessed person understands there's just certain things that I need to do in order to follow the Lord, in order to see his best for my life? Are you guys ready to get into this this morning? Are we good? Okay. Well, let me pray. Father, we just open our hearts, Lord, to you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your word is power, that your word is truth. And, Lord, that we come to your word, Lord, that we just open our hearts, Lord. We uh, invite you, Lord, to speak what only you can speak. Lord, that you would speak to each and every person here by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're talking about non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. How many of you know that we can't just have a, a, a relative morality in life to honor God. That there really are things that God absolutely does not want you to do and there are things that God absolutely does want you to do. And there are things that God asks of us, that things that he will speak to people who follow him that are designed to take you further in life. 
further in your walk, further in your calling, further in your family, in your marriage. There are things that God wants to do in your lives. Amen? In fact, how many of you remember Psalm 1611 where it says, you show me the path of life. Right? You show me the path of life. How many of you know nobody knows how to get you where you need to be in life more than God? He knows he's created you. He has fashioned you. He has good works for your life. And he knows more than anybody else how to get you where you need to be. Amen. And I think sometimes we treat our, the word of God and we treat the things that he says as though it's just this, it's this black and, and white thing. And, you know, we got to live by these, but everything else is fair game. But how many of you know God wants to have a personal relationship with you? And when he has a personal relationship with you, there are things that he will speak specifically to you to get you where you need to go. Are you guys with me? So there, is, there are things that, God, that are non-negotiables for everyone, but there are also things that God will speak to you personally that are non-negotiables for you. You with me? And this is really important because so often we just... We just Take kind of this grand approach saying, well, you know, I, I obey the Ten Commandments, so that makes me a good person. But how many of you know there's things that God wants to do right in your situation or things that maybe are detrimental to your life that you are participating in and you don't even know about it? We need God to show us the path of life. Amen? You show me the path of life. You show me. And so we need to position ourselves to hear from God, to receive from him, and allow him to show us the adjustments that we need to make in order to hear him speak to us so that we can live the life that he's called for us to live. Amen? He has a word for you. And so when we come together... And we have these times just like this where we open his word. How many of you know we're not just reading a word just for everybody? How many of you know the Holy Spirit will speak to you through his word? A word specific for you, amen? He shows us the path of life. And so I want to share this morning a few non-negotiables that believers should have. But I believe that as we're talking about these things, I believe that the Lord is going to speak some non-negotiables to you. That there are things that he is specifically asking of you. Things that he wants to do to grow in relationship with him. And some of these non-negotiables, they may be reminders. Others could be adjustments that God is asking you to make in your life. But in order for you to fulfill your assignment, we need him to show us how to live. Amen? Amen. Are you guys, are, are you guys with me this morning? Because we're a little quieter than usual. Just a little. I mean, we, we, have, uh, we, have, we have new, even the babies are quiet this morning, right? We have a few babies in here. In fact, we have Justin and Carolyn who are with us this morning. They are back uh, with their newborn. Can we just welcome them this morning? But even the babies are quiet. If, if the babies are going to be quiet, I need you guys to be a little louder. Can we do that? Okay. All right. So we're talking about receiving God's best. We're talking about non-negotiables. So number one, people who receive God's best, here's one non-negotiable for believers. They walk in integrity and they do things the right way. They just do what's right. Everybody say what's right. 
You know, sometimes things can get a little gray and we can say, well, if nobody notices, it's okay. Or if there's no consequence to my actions, then it must be all right. But how many of you know that there, are, there is a way that is right, not just to, to people, but there is a way that is right to God? Proverbs 22, verse 28 says, Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. I was praying, and, I, and, and as the Lord brought me to the scripture, I was like, that's where we're going? That's where we're going. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Now, there's many ways that this proverb could be applied to our lives, but I want to share just one way that I believe that this applies to us how many of you know that when there is a new territory, and I always kind of wondered how this worked out, right? When people would come to America and it was basically, there was all this open land and people would go and, uh, I don't know, just put a stake in the ground and say, this is mine. Um, I, I always find that curious. But there was a time where there was so much uninhabited land that people in these times, they would go out and they would put a marker and a border on the property that they would claim. Okay, And I don't really understand fully how these borders were set, but at one point or another, the borders were set for these areas and for these regions where a family would have a plot of land. Well, how many of you know that generations could go by, and after some time had passed, maybe it would be a grandchild or a great-grandkid, and that great-grandkid say, could say something like, you know, I could use a little bit more acreage, right? I just want a little bit extra, you know, I'm kind of, I'm increasing, I'm growing, I'm just going to go ahead and take this marker and move it over here a little bit more. And yeah, I know that that's my neighbors, but they'll never know. How many of you know that's what God's taught him? He's saying that's not right. You see, we don't remove what God has set in order. That there is an order to the things that God has, in a way that God has made them, a structure, an order, a, a set of rules, and we can't just go about changing them however we feel. And so God is saying that's wrong. Don't do this out. There are things that God has mapped, and God is saying that's not how you're going to live. You see, there is an order, a proper, appropriate, fair way that God has set things up. And God is saying, listen, in order for you to move forward in life, you don't need to take advantage of situations. You don't need to take advantage of people. You don't need to do things, even if no one would notice, even if no one else will see. You don't need to make things happen for yourself. How many of you guys uh, have ever heard the term, you got to look out for number one, right? Me right? You got to look out for yourself. If you don't take fight for yourself, nobody else will. But how many of you know we got to understand as believers that's not true, that we have a God, that we have a good father who loves us, who cares for us, who, and he's the one that wants to make his promises come to pass in our lives. Amen. But so often we look to what we can do and how we can get ahead but how many of you know that as people of God, one of the non-negotiables that we have in our lives is to walk in integrity and to do things the right way. That we would be people who put our trust in God. How many of you remember when God told Abraham, he said, go, to, go from your family to a land that I will show you and I will give you that land. Now, the interesting thing was is that Abraham went and he was dwelling in the land that God was going to give him, but it wasn't his. 
He lived in a tent, him and his family, and, and he was mobile, but God said, I want you to go to the land. I want you to dwell in the place of promise, but notice it wasn't his yet. In fact, it wasn't his for another 400 years. And Abraham knew that it wasn't his yet, that God hadn't given it to him yet. And when his wife, Sarah, died, he needed a place to bury her. So he went to the people of the land and he said, would you let me buy a portion of land so that I can bury my wife? And the people of the land were like, they, they respected Abraham. They saw the blessing of God on his life. And he was such a great man. And so they said, no, you don't need to buy this from us. Let us give this to you. Now, I don't know about you, but in my human nature that wants what it wants, when it wants, and I want it now, I would hear that and I would be like, praise God, God is giving me the land. But how many of you know God had so much more for Abraham than a small plot of land? He said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You see, the promise was greater than what was in front of him. And Abraham knew that it wasn't people that was going to give me this plot of land. It wasn't people that was going to make this happen. God is the one that is going to give it to me. And so, no, I'm not just going to let you give me this land, even though it seems like a good opportunity. Even though this seems like this could be the fulfillment of the promise of God. No, God will give me the land. I need to buy this from you. Can you see the difference? Can you see the honor there. You know, it's so hard for us as believers sometimes. We, we, we encourage people, you need to position yourself. You need to hear from God. What is God speaking to you? What are the promises that he's made available to you? How many of you know God has made promises available to you? How many of you would say, I have heard God speak to me and given me a promise? And so often at the first opportunity or the first sign, we just assume that must be God. But how many of you know we need to ask him, what, did, what is your part? What are you going to do? And what's my part? You see, Abraham's part was to dwell in the land of promise. God's part was to give it to him. He wasn't looking to people. He was looking to God. How many of you can see that kind of heart honors the Lord? I'm going to say it again. That heart honors the Lord. that we wouldn't just jump at the opportunity in front of us, that we wouldn't just jump and say, well, this is kind of an answer to prayer, so this must be God. How many of you know, even in the answers, we need to ask, Lord, is this what you're doing right now? Is this what you have for me right now? Oh, the honor that that extends to him, where he has full control of your life, because your life is not your own. If you've given your life to the Lord, when you give your life to the Lord, he takes it. And I'm thankful that he does because my life was condemned. My life was unredeemed. My life was doomed to destruction, but my life in Christ is with him forever. My life in him has an inheritance in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so we give our life to him. How many of you know we need to honor him with everything we have? Amen. You see, this is such a way to honor God. And this is what God loves. God loves when people honor him saying, I'm not going to make it happen for myself. 
I'm not going to do it myself. God, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to listen to you. And even if I feel like this is the answer, Lord, before I move, I'm going to seek you and ask you. I want to do it the right way. Everybody say the right way. Proverbs 23, it says, again, I'm just going to repeat the verse. It says, do not remove the ancient landmark, notice, nor enter the fields of the fatherless. This is talking about taking possession of things from people that can't protect themselves. You know, sometimes we think, well, if there's no one to enforce this, then it's okay. If I can make it happen, then it's okay. God's good. It's okay. But how many of you know God knows how you got where you got? God knows when you're trusting in him and when you're just doing it on your own strength. And we can reason it, we can try to reconcile it, but God is saying, no, I want to be the one who makes my promises come to pass for your life. There may be dreams that he's spoken to you. There may be promises that he has specifically highlighted to you, things that you've been declaring. And God is saying, don't just jump at the first opportunity because there's an adversary that will also open doors and opportunities. No, you seek me. Let me lead you. Walk in integrity. Honor me and do it the right way. I don't know about you, but I love shortcuts. Anybody else like shortcuts? I'm like to the point where I would take my kids to school in the morning and I would, tr- I would literally drive to school like at least six different ways to find out what was the fastest way, right? Like I would time myself. Like I'd be pulling out of the driveway and I'd take my phone and start, right? And then I would do that for a week and I would take the average. Like I'm kind of like that where I'm just like I got to figure out the most efficient way to get where I want to be. But how many of you know when it comes to the kingdom? the best way and really the only way where we can end up where God wants us to be is when we submit our our hearts and our lives to him and we allow him to lead us. Amen. Oh, that we would honor him with our very lives. Amen. It's good. That's good. People who receive God's best, they give thanks and praise at all times. At all times. Everybody say all times. <laughs> oh, is there anybody else that will be in the middle of their day and you got a bad attitude? For whatever reason, you're just irritated. And the last thing you want to do is give thanks and praise. But there's this little thing on the inside that is saying, look to me and give me thanks. Psalms 104, 33 th- says, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. Notice it's not just when the worship leader says, let's stand and let's sing. No, the psalmist is saying, no, as long as I live, this is what I'm going to do. No matter what the situation, this will be my posture. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. In the good, in the bad through the ups and the downs, through the, through the encouraging times, through the disappointing times, I'm going to sing to the Lord. Why? Because he is good. Because he has done everything for me. He's saved me. He's healed me. He's delivered me. Come on, if God's done something in your life, say, I will sing. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. The psalmist is saying, listen, this is a non-negotiable. The only right approach for us to honor the Lord is to have a posture of praise and worship at all times. 
Now, does that mean we go around literally singing a tune all the times? Probably not. But how many of you know there is a way to sing and make melody to the Lord in your heart? Where when you see things, you say, God, I thank you that. God, I honor you, Lord. I praise you. I worship you. Lord, I exalt you. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I find myself in that mode of thanksgiving, I just start to sing. Anybody else? Where I'll be, in a, I'll be praying and I'll be walking around in a posture of prayer and I'll just be thanking the Lord. And I start thanking him and then all of a sudden I just start worshiping. How many of you know that's what the Father wants? That we would be people that sing at all times. I will sing praise to the Lord as long as I live. Notice, I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Notice, the psalmist is saying, listen, as long as my spirit and my soul and my mind are in this body, I'm going to sing praise to the Lord. I'm going to sing to him. You know, I've heard it said, and it's true, this is the only time that we get to make sacrifice to the Lord when we have our being. When we get to heaven, I think there will be many people who look back and say, oh, I wish I could have just given the Lord more. I wish I could have just given him more, more of my time, more of my attention, more of my resources that I actually, oh, if I would have just put him first, what would he have done? Oh, that I would see the fullness of his beauty. How many of you know this is the only time we get to make sacrifice to the Lord? The Bible says lift up a sacrifice of what? Praise. Why is that a sacrifice? Because you don't always want to do it. Because there will be times where the last thing you want to do is to sing to the Lord. There's, the last thing you want to do will be to give thanks. In fact, many times you will be compelled to complain about your situation. You'll be compelled to gossip and talk about someone because of your insecurities. But how many of you know the people of God need to have a non-negotiable in their life that I'm not going to complain? I'm not going to criticize. I'm not going to be someone who talks about others. No, I'm going to be someone that keeps my attention on the Lord and sings to him as long as I live. Do you see this non-negotiable? That we would be, be a people of praise and thanksgiving. I will sing praise to the Lord at all times. Everybody say all times. All times. We're talking about non-negotiables. People who receive God's best, one of the non-negotiables they have is they don't take matters into their own hands. Sometimes we have a habit of taking the things that God is supposed to do and we like to take that away from him and make it happen ourselves. But people who receive God's best allow God to be God, amen? How many of you remember David? He was a man after God's own heart and he became king over Israel. But God chose David at a young age to be the king, right? He was a shepherd boy. He was taking care of the, the, his, his, the, the flock, the field, at night, whatever, as a young boy. And it says that the prophet Samuel came and anointed him as king of Israel. But how many of you know he wasn't king at that moment, right? There was already a king. There was a king named Saul. And so David was going through life. He was anointed as king, and he was, there was already another king named Saul. And it got to the point where Saul knew that David would become king, and out of jealousy, he wanted to have David killed. 
And so David, or so Saul sent his whole army, the army of the king, think about this, the special ops of the government in which you live is, has one mission, and it's to take you out. And that's exactly what happened to David. And so David began to run from Saul, and one day he was hiding in a cave with his men. And Saul comes into this cave not knowing that David and his men were in this cave. And Saul was right next to David. Now, again, I don't know about you, but I would have been like David's men who were saying things like, the Lord has delivered the king into your hands, take him out. And I would have been like, yup, <laughs> right? Like, the Lord's promise, it's time, right? But how many of you know that's not what David did? Because David recognized it's not my job to be, make myself king. It's God's job to promote me. It's God's job to fulfill his promise. I don't need to make this happen for myself. And how many of you know David did become king, but he never had to lift a finger against Saul. In fact, it was the opposite. David honored Saul. When people would speak against Saul, he would say, that's not appropriate. He is the king of Israel. He is God's anointed. And I can only imagine people looking at David and be like, but God anointed you. Yeah, he did, but he will do that when he's ready. Can you see that posture? You see people who receive God's best, they don't need to look out for number one. They don't need to make it happen for themselves. They trust in God that God will do his part. All I need to do is my part, which is what? It's usually just walk in obedience, be faithful, trust in the Lord, sing a song of praise and thanksgiving, sing to the Lord all the days of your life and watch God come through for you. Are you guys picking up what I'm putting down? Can you see that, that, how, how that trust and that faith that honors God? You know, I, I know some people would say things like, well, the Bible says faith without works is dead. But how many of you know that when we put our trust in God and say, I don't need to make it happen, God will make it happen. How many of you know that is faith that allows God to work? When we put our trust in him, Psalm 75, verse 6 says, for exaltation, some, uh, the King James Version says, for promotion. For promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Promotion does not come from myself. Promotion comes from God. And those who are blessed by God, those who receive God's bless, understand that all good things don't come from what I can produce. They don't come from what I can make happen. No, the good things from God happen when I put my trust in him and follow him and allow him to be God. You guys with me? The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and with it he adds no sorrow. Let me ask you, when you make it happen for yourself, you have to continue to make it happen for yourself. And there is no greater pressure and there is usually no greater disappointment than realizing everything I've done has been on my own strength. Oh, that we would be people that put our trust in him, that receive the promises of God as yes and amen, but we pray and we seek the Lord and we say, God, I, I know that you will do it. It's not gonna be what I can do. It's not by my own strength, but it is by what you can do. How many of you know the calling that God has in your life? It's a supernatural calling from God. It cannot come from God if it was not supernatural. 
Because God is supernatural. And so if God has placed a calling on your life, it is a supernatural calling, which literally means you can't do it. The only way we can do the things God has asked us to do when we, is when we allow God to be God. How can we do that? I mean, on one sense, how freeing that is. And then on the other sense, how terrifying that is. Why? Because my life's not my own. I'm giving up control to him. I'm going to be someone who seeks him. And when I hear God speak to me, I don't just need to make it happen for myself. No, I'm going to follow and obey him and be faithful to the things that he's asked me to do until he brings the promise to pass. Do you see the difference? This is so subtle, but this is so key. And there are many in the church who champion people who make it happen for themselves. And we justify it. And we say, well, it must have been God, and it wasn't. That's not God's best. We have to position ourselves. To, will he ask you to do things? Yes, he will. Oh, you better believe he'll ask you to do. And when, when he does, we need to do those things. But I'm not going to just make it happen and get ahead of God. Even if it's a promise he's given, I'm not going to get ahead of God. You guys with me? I'm trying to explain this. But this is so key to receiving God's best. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 12, he says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. What? That's Jesus. We're talking about non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. People who receive God's best they protect their heart. Psalm 101 verse 3 says, I will set. Everybody say that. I will set nothing wicked before my, thank you, John. <laughs> I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Think about that. I will not set anything wicked before my eyes. Why is that so important? How many of you know there are two ways, two entrances into your heart? What you hear and what you see. And as people who want to receive God's best, people who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, people that want to walk with him, who want to hear from him, how many of you know it matters what you put in front of you? It matters what you watch. It matters what you look at. I'm not just talking about something random happening in front of you right? That happens, where all of a sudden you're just going about your time and then bam. No, I'm talking about the things that you place in front of your eyes, the things that you put in your ears. Those things will affect your heart and they affect your way on how to hear the Lord, how to receive his best, how to walk in his promise. How many of you know if you can't hear what God is asking you to do, you can't do it? It sounds, that's really, really simple, but how many of you know if you can't hear what God is saying, then you can't do the things that God has asked you to do. So we have to have ears that are tuned to who? The Lord. How do we tune them? We put the right things in front of our ears, or in front of our eyes. We, we listen to the right things. 
We don't put the wicked things, the things that bring darkness, the, brings that, the things that bring confusion. Let me tell you, it is, uh, it is almost appalling how many believers put so much filth in their eyes and so much filth in their ears, and they wonder, why can't I hear God? It's like, a, it's like a radio tuner. You remember those old-fashioned radio tuners? Everything's digital now. Um, my, <laughs> my son loves to listen to music in his car. My wife recently broke his radio, and he is, like, lost. So now he has to listen to the radio, right? Well, how many of you know that you have to tune the radio to get to the right station, right? And if you're off even a little bit, it sounds like static. You can't hear it. Maybe you'll get a little, like, a little word, like something, da 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 something. Right? You can't fully make out what's being said. But how many of you know the way that we tune our spiritual ears, the way that we tune our heart to receive the things of God is by receiving the things of God, by putting his word in front of us, by setting things that are righteous, things that are right, the word of God, listening to his word, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how do we hear God speak to us? We have to tune our hearts. And so we need to watch what we put in front of us. You know, there's some non-negotiable, some lines, things that we just have to commit and say, I'm not going to do this because, not because it's a commandment, not because if I do it, I'm going to go to hell. No, the reason I'm not going to do this is because I must protect my heart because I want to hear the Lord. I remember we had an internship program a few years back, and um, we had our students, and some of those students, they were all at a prime age of being in relationships with other people, right? And, and they would love to date and to find their spouse, and um, we actually have a few spouses here today from that program, so I'm not knocking it. I mean, apparently, if you want to get married, just come to church. Um, but I remember when we would walk these students through and just talk to them because they, these were students that were wanting to seek the Lord. These were people that were saying, I want, I know the Lord has a call in my life. I want to follow the Lord and do what he's asked me to do. And so when they would want to date someone or be in a relationship, we would just always say, all right, I want you just to pray. And I want you, I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want us specifically to honor you with this relationship? What things do you want me to do? What are the habits? What are the guidelines that you're asking of me? Now, here's the thing. They weren't the same for everybody. Did you know that? How many, we talked, we said that earlier. How many of you know the Lord knows exactly what you need? And he knows exactly what you can handle. And he knows exactly what the parameters should be for where you're at in life. Are you guys with me? And so they would, they would seek, they would ask the Lord, and Lord, how can we honor you? And you know, we can follow the broad strokes and say, well, as long as I don't sleep with someone, then I'm, me and God are good. But how many of you know there's a higher level that we're going for here? We want God's best. So we're not just going to do the bare bones here and just not be, live together or sleep with one another or be, do things that we know God doesn't want us to do. No, we're going to honor God with this relationship, which means what? I'm going to ask him, Lord, how can we position ourselves to receive a greater blessing because we want to start this thing off right. You guys with me? So they would pray, they would ask, and they would, they would come back with things like, you know, uh, we do feel like we, we, the Lord's given us the green light to be in a dating relationship, to get to know each other, but we can't hang out till after 10 p.m. 
And I was, I was shocked how many people would say, whoa, 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 that's way too extreme. And here I am, I'm like a proud father. I'm like, look at you. God's speaking to you and leading you. Like, I'm like, look at you putting on not commands, but a path of life that will lead them to a greater promise that only God can provide. And they weren't wanting to settle for the relationships that everybody else had, even though it was okay. No, I want to honor God in this area of my life. How many of you know, if there are places in your life that you want to honor God, I would challenge you, ask him the adjustments that you need to make. They're not gonna be commands. They're not always gonna be like, well, if you do this, you're gonna end up in eternal hell and all, no, 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 no. How many of you know God has asked you to follow him and when we follow him, we do the things that go beyond just what is in the Ten Commandments. We want to be people who receive God's best, who seek the Lord, who honor the Lord and are willing to put in place some non-negotiables, not that we just invent or come up with. No, no, no. What is God asking of me in this area of my life? You guys with me? We, we need to do this in every area of our lives. One of the things, and actually somebody mentioned this when we, uh, had, we were selling the, or, or yeah, selling the Solid Life journals. There's the daily reading plan, right? There's the places to journal. But there's actually in the front, there's a place for something called roles and goals. And I was astonished how many people actually filled that out because I never do. Okay, and so I was like, but they, they, it's a place where you can assign, these are my roles. This is what God has given me to steward well, right? If he's given you a family, right, I, that means I am a father. That's a role. I am a husband. That's a role, right? And for each of those roles, you can set goals. Now, those aren't just goals that you come up with. That's what we're, this is what we're talking about. They're the non-negotiable guidelines that this is what God has asked me to do in this area of my life. So as a father, how will I allow the Holy Spirit to influence me to be a good father? In my marriage, as a husband, how am I going to allow the Holy Spirit to influence me and allow me to make adjustments and speak into my life to make adjustments so that I can be a good husband? Do you see this? And I think so many times we just try to navigate life kind of on a whim being like, well, I'm not breaking any, you know, I'm not committing any real sins. I'm just kind of doing my own thing. But how many of you know that's not how we receive God's best for our lives? The way we position ourselves for his best in our lives is say, God, what do you want to do in this area of my life? And how can I make the adjustment? God, what do you want to do in my career? And how can I make the adjustment? And I think you'll be surprised what the Lord will say. Maybe the things that you thought were non-issues that he's saying, no, I want to bring a, a greater level of blessing to that area, but you have to do this. You have to make this hard adjustment. You have to make this transition. Is this good? We're talking about God's best. Blessed people have non-negotiables, and we're talking about a few here today. But how many of you know these are just samples and as I started this message, I specifically said, I believe that the Holy Spirit's going to begin to speak things specific to you. The things that I'm sharing with you this morning are, are non-negotiables that for my life. 
and things that I champion and things that I believe in. But how many of you know, just because it's true for me, it's not always true for you unless God says it's always true. But that there are things that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you to speak into your life so that you can make some adjustments moving forward to experience God's best for your life, a blessed life. And so not only is this going to be a year of God's best because we seek him, right? We talked about this. Not only is this going to be a year of God's best because we put him first, right? We talked about that last week. No, this is going to be a year of God's best because we actually are people who allow him to lead us in every area of our lives. Why? Because I'm going to seek him and I am going to make the decision to make adjustments to the way I conduct myself, my routine, my preferences, my choices. And I'm not going to, they don't have to make sense. No, if God is asking them of me, I'm going to do it. Why? Because he's God. He's created me. He's fashioned me. He knows me on my most deepest inward, inward parts level. How many of you know there is no one more that you can trust than Almighty God with your life? And so we need to seek him. Are you guys with me? This is key. This is key. And so what I would like to do, we're going to close our time. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to encourage you to do this because we're running, we're, we're closing up on our time. But what are the non-negotiables that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? Maybe you do go through the life journal. Maybe you do the roles and the goals and you pray through that. You think through that. But what are some things in your life that God is saying, you're not doing this, but you need to be doing this? And what are things that you are doing that God is saying, I don't want you to do it that way anymore? How many of you know that's a life that's surrendered to the Lord? God, what is it that you want me to be doing? And what is it that you don't want me to be doing? And I'm going to set that as my standard. And no one's going to talk me out of it. I'm not going to convince myself out of it. I'm not going to reason my way out of it. I'm going to stick to it. And that we would ask the Lord, Lord, would you strengthen me to walk this out? Would you strengthen me not to fall back in? Would you strengthen me not to just give in or to get talked out? But would you strengthen me to do it your way? Amen? This is a key. This is a key. That we would let him lead us in every area. Let's go ahead and stand together. I'm going to pray over you guys. And I, I want to pray a blessing over you, but specifically that we would ask the Lord this. God, what is it that you want me to do? Can we have a heart that's just surrendered to him that would say that? God, what is it that you want me to do? What things am I doing that you don't want me to do? And Lord, would you give me the strength to do it? Can we do that? I'm going to pray over you. Let's bow our heads. If you're here and you're just saying, Lord, yes, do this in my life, can we just lift our hands to the Lord? And Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're speaking to us today. Lord, that you are teaching us how to walk in your ways, how to be in a position to receive your benefits, how to receive your blessings. And Lord, I just declare right now over every person here, Lord, that you will not only 
clarify the non-negotiables for their life. But Lord, that you will strengthen them by your spirit to hold to those things. Lord, that they would see every promise that you have for them come to pass in our lives. Lord, there are so many who are not walking in the promise because we aren't seeking you the way that you ought to be sought. And so, Lord, I just pray, Lord, as we come to you and, Lord, we ask, Lord, what is it that we're doing that you don't want us to do? What is it that we're not doing that you do want us to do? And, Lord, that you would give us the strength to do it. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we seek you, that you would speak so clearly the non-negotiables, so clearly, Lord, the things that you want to do in our lives in every area, Lord, in our marriages, in our, in our parenting, Lord, in our careers, in our free time, Lord, in our calling. Lord, you have a perfect plan. And in order for us to receive it, Lord, we must walk with you. And so, Lord, we just surrender every area of our lives to you. And if that's you, just say, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender to you, my life. Speak to me, Jesus. By your spirit, come, speak to me, and lead me in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can we just thank the Lord for his word? Thank you, Lord. The Lord is good. Amen. And he's worthy of everything. So let's just ask. Because I know we often say, and I've, I've actually heard people tell me, they've said, I didn't seek the Lord because I was afraid of what he would say. And I'm, I'm just going to say that's not going to be you. You will receive God's best because you will surrender. He will strengthen you to do it. Amen? Don't make it happen for yourself because then you'll always have to make it happen for yourself. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Amen? Seek the Lord. He knows what's best. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Chapel Valley Church. We want to hear from you, so please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at info at chapelvalley.org. We hope you stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching Chapel Valley Church. You can also stay updated by visiting our website, chapelvalley.org.